did you study what you studied for you, mm. for your parents, for, you know, because your friends did it? Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Relatable Content. I'm Prahana Sarguru, and I'm the host of the show. Thank you so much for deciding to spend the next hour and a bit with me. I cannot wait to share this episode with you because today's guest and I have been on a mission. We've been trying to share a moment together for so long that it took us to be in two different countries at the same time. Josh Herselman and I met at the University of Cape Town's Grad Expo. And as soon as I met him, I really wanted to get to know him more. His work with his group's project at the time just seemed so important and relevant to South Africa and its economy that I found the need to want to share it with more people and perhaps share it with you that's listening right now. A quick side note though, thank you so much to Anahata021 for sponsoring this episode. If you want to sponsor the episode or collaborate with me, you can find all of my information on prahanasarguru.com or send me a DM, a WhatsApp, a message, an email, whatever. I am keen to collaborate from the comfort of our own homes. So like I said, Josh is in the middle of Bali right now and he decided to jump on an audio with me and record this episode. So in the background, you'll hear some beautiful animals that roam the streets in Bali, unlike in South Africa where we have um, tamed animals. <laughs> but you will also hear a very important and crucial message that we want to share, and that's getting out of our comfort zones and actually, I want to say comfort circles, and actually doing something new, whether that's not spending your money on doing what everyone thinks you must do, and doing something you need to still search for. So if you're curious about this, I think this is going to be your episode. And also this is an episode for millennials. Like we all want to just go out and see the world. We want to sell the world. We want to go to Bali. I want to go to Bali now for sure. Um, You want to start your own online business and you're wondering how you can make this happen. We have to share a very important message and that is privilege can come to those by birthright, but it can also come to those who are willing to work hard and uh, Josh and I are very conscious of the privilege that we were born with and also the privilege that we are allowing ourselves to create and really by chasing our goals and our dreams and I think a lot of us can relate to that so I hope that you enjoy this episode and stick around until the end because I will be sharing a special emoji and I'd love for you to comment that emoji on our Instagram post. Hey Josh Herschelman? Herschelman? Some people call me Herschelman and they think I'm Jewish. Oh, it does sound a little Jewish. I was going to ask you if you had some Jewish blood. It's actually, it's, it's actually like German Afrikaans. So my mom's Afrikaans, my dad's Greek. So it's like, it's I'm, I'm actually Josh Anastasios Herschelman, but my dad's surname is two Greeks. So I was like, okay, you know what? We're keeping the moms. What? Did you keep your surname or did you just drop it? No, well, they never got married, so they gave me the choice to choose, and my mom chose for me. So I kept hers because they never got married. Josh, we actually met at the UCT Expo. What is the UCT Expo about? So UCT Expo is predominantly for UCT students to get affiliated with companies that um, come to UCT and say, guys, when you finish studying, these are the the internships, these are the job positions. 
And we kind of just were linked with the, the careers day people, with the businesses and the banks and everyone that came through. Um, so we had a little space on our own just to showcase what actually we were starting for, for the year. It's kind of like a, a day for obviously students to see what they, what kind of jobs and careers and internships are offered, but also a time for us to be like, cool, this is how you present yourself. And this is how you, you know, you kind of pitch yourself to the outside world because we hadn't had that opportunity yet. So quite a cool day. How long was your course that you did at UCT? Uh, that one was a one year, one year postgrad. Uh-huh. And yeah, in total, I did, I first studied strategic business management for three years. And then that was like a, just like an honors course. Wow. That, that must be an amazing thing to start because you actually, that's how we met at the Outpost stand and Outpost really struck, struck, struck me, what? struck me, struck, struck, <laughs> don't say strip. <laughs> oh, um, Outpost really struck me, um, compared to the rest because I really come from a space of working in social responsibility and when I saw you were working with people in Kailitra I was really intrigued and that's how we actually started our conversation can you tell me what um what your what your project was about yeah so outpost so okay just to give some background because we had one year to do it to do it start a business uh, obviously underneath the umbrella of UCT we were eight people in a group and we decided like we have so many resources now because we like, you know, obviously lucky enough to come from a good university where one of the contacts we made throughout the year was to get a free domain, free website, free um, like SEC work uh, being done by an outside company. So basically we had a platform to speak about like anything we wanted. Um, so what we decided to do was instead of start a product um, is to start a platform to basically give entrepreneurs in the township uh, almost like a bridging, like a media to bridge themselves with, uh, with other markets. Because often, you know, I mean, being in South Africa, being in Cape Town, people are like, okay, cool. Like, we're not going to go to the township. It's too dangerous. It's too crazy. But for some of us that go there often and have friends in the townships and know people with businesses there, we realize there is a huge, huge degree of entrepreneurship. People with unbelievable businesses doing businesses, um, doing business, hiring you know, employees and actually like getting their own like voice out there. But half our market doesn't hear about it. So half of Cape Town doesn't hear about it. So we just decided to start the platform where we can have a service directory of all the people we've met and we trust and we believe are doing great things and put them on our website because it's obviously free. We've been given a year of uh, free usage. So there's no domain costs. And then what we can do is start a profile with every person's details if they don't have a website we create a bio for them we create a contact list for them a way to get in touch with them so it's just kind of like a service directory or yellow pages of the entrepreneurs we chose and that's why yeah outpost was supposed to be um supposed to be like the the official entrepreneurs yellow pages kind of in cape town and then whoever wants to join us or wants to link with the same entrepreneurs create like a little hub within the website and then um, from there on out try to get them business so like a two two phase phase website we try to start yeah and you just told me before we uh spoke that you are phasing out outposts right yeah so we had a contract uh obviously a shareholders agreement drawn up before and one of the clauses was that because we so many people in the group in order for and we all invested a little bit of money we all made some money throughout the year to put towards the, the company and then one of the clauses said that by the 11th of february this year we need to reevaluate if people are in the country, if they're in Cape Town specifically, if they're willing to form a group and start this thing, like, you know, for certain, um, disregarding having like a nine to five job 
and everyone said we would like on the 11th of Cape come together and see. And right now there's like six other eight people that are not in Cape Town um, that are actually either working at a company already, doesn't have time. Personally, I'm in Indonesia at the moment. So we decided to close it for now. And then there's no, we can start it up again whenever we want. Basically, if there's a few of us that want to start it again, we can pick up on it when everyone's, when everyone's back. So yeah, for now it's on pause. Mm, because I think that the idea of what you were doing was so amazing. And I found that that's kind of where uh, business owners are starting to look at in South Africa. If you have the power to actually employ or empower South Africans themselves who didn't have the opportunity to study these degrees, it is so important that, like you said, you studied business. It will uh, increase our GDP. It will increase our, exactly. our country that we live in. And that's also another conversation we're having is about the mindset of um, being able to start your own thing or your own business in South Africa, which I think we'll come to a bit later. But I wanted to ask you why you think there's a need to highlight the importance of um, these businesses in these small communities in South Africa. Well, do you know, the one thing we noticed is that, like, especially our generation, they're like, you know, people born in 1994 and onwards, my, my age group, everyone just after school, the, the common thing is just to start working for someone else, obviously gain experience and go up the corporate ladder. But what we found in the township is that with so little resources, people were breaking that barrier. They did not want to work for other people. They were like, you know what? Clearly there's a need for something because we're coming from a place of need um, and scarce resources. And people were starting the smartest businesses. I mean, I can speak to about it for an hour. Mm. Um, but people were starting the craziest businesses and not only on their own, they were collaborating. I mean, there was a little hotel set up in Kailicha and they would collaborate with, you know, a food place that people would get some food there from or something like a coffee shop would be like the hub of entrepreneurship, like Siki's coffee shop, where all the entrepreneurs would get together and say, okay, guys, I realize that together we can do so much more. Plus, I know someone who you can employ, someone that really needs to, you know, get his name out there because he's amazing at woodwork, hasn't got his own company, but you do and you're working alone. So how about I connect you guys? And it was just this like absolute fearless buzz, you know, and that. That for me was just like kind of inspiring because in the sense of entrepreneurship, that boosts the GDP, not you working for a massive company where we don't know where the mm. money is going, yeah. you know, if they're even paying tax or not. It's coming from keeping money in the township. There's still 4 million people in the township of South Africa. That's a huge number. So the problem with that is, is that people are buying their nappies, their clothes, their milk, everything outside of the township. So for now, we're seeing the first time where actually we're going to keep some money inside of it because there's businesses starting there that are not worried about what you know, the white person in Camps Bay is going to buy or the other person in town. It's about like, cool, I'm satisfying a need for our people in this vicinity. And that's like, that's going to create a good momentum where honestly, if, if it runs in the next five, 10 years, it keeps on going at this rate, there's going to be a lot more investing, a lot more opportunities um, within the township, which is exactly what we need. It's been too stagnant for too long. So yeah. our, whole, our whole goal was to just be a little bit of a catalyst for that. And just showcase to people like, guys, you don't know what's going on under your noses, but people are moving and shaking and it's, it's amazing. Yeah. And I think it's so important that you also, you're bringing um, your education to that side of the world because you, like you said, and we always talk about, oh, oh, nice, nice chickens in the background. <laughs> <laughs> you hear all kinds of noises. I have to apologize. The fact that, that we're keeping, we're growing townships within themselves is actually a different way of looking at things because before everyone wanted to always follow you know to put it bluntly what the richer people did or what the more successful people did and what um what 
what other people ate and what other people did with their free time. And in fact, we were living a life of chasing other people's dreams, you know, or chasing ideologies that just weren't realistic for our pockets. And, and and they were and they were carefully curated. If you look at half the half the people that we follow these days, it's not it's not just people going off the whim. It's in planning and building this this kind of augmented reality that's not actually true. And then we have young people looking up to that, and it's like, guys, it's it's not the reality here. Yeah. And do you think that's because of of the power of social media, or is it that just because we live in two different worlds as people of different races and the the history of South Africa, you know? That's a difficult one because I think this got to do with the degree of how fast technology and social media has grown, mm. um, especially from okay. So back in the day, we all I guess we knew you know the the we knew businessmen for like you know the, the the Richard Bransons or we knew the famous actors or the famous singers because they were the ones pushing content, getting their name out there. They're always seen. In this day and age, I think anyone can get five minutes of fame, um, be it with a video, be it with you know of social media like instagram and facebook so there's this rapid growth of social media and technology but then there's this like stagnation in like you know humanism where people are still kind of like okay just remember guys you need to connect you need to you need to still play outside and kind of like you know focus on your own dreams here because back in the day you were reading a book or you were kind of like walking with your friends in the street and now people are just both like fixated on the technology and the phones and the you know the next who's who so i think that like inequality and rapid growth of the social media um you know lacking with people actually focusing on their own lives and what's in front of them and not on the other side of the world that they're not going to reach anytime soon so it's like it's just that whole you know juxtapose is quite uh it's quite debilitating i think yeah and i think it also affects our dreams to to go abroad i mean we don't know how we're going to reach these goals if we keep chasing other people's goals as well, you know, in the fact exactly. that, I mean, I mean that we're working for someone else and therefore we never focus on our own goals or the fact that we're chasing someone else's dream that we realize we'll never end up getting. And we ch- we're chasing those dreams and we, we're spending so much time looking at someone else where we realize, oh, what the whole day has gone by. I've done nothing for myself, you know. Yeah. That's what I find I sometimes do as well. I'm always like, you know, following this person or checking that out to kind of like trying to copy and do what someone else does. And then I realize, well, I've just wasted my whole day. If you do that every single day, you're not growing. Someone else is moving and shaking, but you literally, you're standing still. Mm. So. Well, can you, Josh, can you put South Africa on the map in the sense of job opportunities for South Africans living in townships? So I think for my, like what I saw last year at Outpost, why, why I kind of liked doing it was, um, and just related to outposts because this is where I saw it the most is I had to go out on my feet and you know step into the township one day and say hey guys this is my goal this is the base of what we're trying to do it's gonna morph and we know it but can you help us start and obviously I went straight to my friend CQ who has the, the little hub the amazing coffee shop and uh, it's called CQ's coffee and he's got the entrepreneurship hub locked down in his coffee shop because everyone who's doing something who's collaborating who is waking up every single morning with a goal, they sit there, they start their day there, they have their meetings there. And he introduced us to a handful of people where we kind of started our little trail of like, who's going to be our entrepreneur on, on our post. And what I found is that despite people's education, because some people, like obviously lots of people in township have great education, other people don't, but lots of people are doing almost better than what I would expect, expect like our, you know, our people at UCT, say doing, a, so for instance, the one guy, 
Um, he was doing amazing uh, digital marketing and, you know, he started a fashion brand and he had this insane photography company and he was better than anyone that I would go on to Google and look for um, in terms of like actually, you know, making a product look super, super good for content. So I found that like we were kind of like blown away by the standard, but because we didn't know it was there, we wouldn't even look, we didn't even look in the township, you know? So yeah. in the sense of after university, I, I didn't apply for any jobs because of networking and having, you know, friends and where I do like kind of like uh, people are really working. So for the, the job opportunities, I think it's very like niche. Cape Town especially is very small. Yeah. Um, so, so for me, it's almost come to a point where it's so saturated, where everyone's looking for, you know, the, the next big job. If you're in finance, everyone's going in finance. If you have a passport, you get out of the country, you got to, you know, say you're from the UK. Um, but for me, it's almost now making more sense to just tell everyone, guys, if you love what you do and you like what you studied, because not everyone does, start your own business because it's getting so saturated and so competitive um, that it's almost, I don't know how, how people are of our age are going to buy houses one day because everyone is looking for a job and they'll take 10,000 rand salary a month because you know what, it's the basic salary and be happy with it because if you don't take it, someone else will. And I think, mm. I think it's really bad. Like it's a bad status of a country to be in. Yeah. But I mean, I think this also comes from a point of being, um, well, this is actually a conversation we had as well about being privileged in the sense that we were able to save money so that we wouldn't take a job for 10,000 Rand and that we could focus on building something for ourselves. Whereas the mindset is yeah. actually not that. People don't think about, okay, just suffering for a few months for yourself so that your future can be better, right? Exactly. And I mean, suffering or just taking the time to realize, like, did you study what you studied for you, mm. for your parents, for, you know, because your friends did it? Because... Uh, personally, I've seen from a young age at school, people going to mass lit because their friends were in mass lit. You know, it was easier. And people going to the university they're doing, studying what they're doing because, you know, it's kind of like what the group did or what society like says they should do. Like personally, I didn't even choose my first degree. Like my mom chose it. I was going to be on a gap year for the rest of my life. I was like, I don't want to study. I want to do my own thing. Give me the money for university. And my mom was like, hell no. I never studied and it bit me in the foot later, like later in life. You go in a varsity where it's like the first or the last thing you do. And I was like, I get your point of view, but trust me. But obviously she was like, no, it's too risky putting you in the varsity. And I was like, cool, glad you did because it does help you. People believe like you've got the piece of paper that, you know, you, they can take you more seriously. And I get that. And the hustle's harder without it. But, um, but yeah, like there's just too many people making choices that's not for themselves. So I find like after university, you're almost either more confused or more dead set that this is what you want to do. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, like, I mean, in that sense, I, I just recommend for anyone, every single person, like, look, take five minutes, look inwards. Is it really what you want to do? And if you if you've got a natural and you're good at it, then then those people kind of find their feet much easier. It's it's those that are a bit, you know, worldly or all over the place or not too certain if they did it for themselves that end up getting super lost and like kind of confused along the way and end up just doing things blindly. And then five years down the line, they realize I don't want to. I don't want to work in finance or, you know, I don't want to be doing the sales job because, uh, because my friend did it. Or, mm. So I think it is interesting how, how, and I can only speak for myself, how people, you know, they hit the, that burnout phase. It could be when they're 50, it can be when they're 25, it can be right after university. But it's almost like to, to avoid that, I think people should just take five steps back and be like, 
either you need to go and experience the world because that really has answers for anything. I can say that for free. Um, and everyone benefits from it. Or just, you know, mess about in something completely different to what you studied. Go in the opposite direction, you know, do some social work, start something small or, you know, do something completely adventurous because it gets you out of that. We've all been in this bubble, this crazy comfort bubble while studying. And I think that that's too, it's too safe, especially in a place like Cape Town. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, you know, it's too, it's too small and it's too closed minded as, as open minded as you think you are. You really need to look, look away from, from our country to kind of realize like, wow, people are doing unbelievable things, simple things around the world to make ends meet, to enjoy their life, to study, to stay. And it took me like four months outside of South Africa to realize, wow, people are doing like things I would never even imagine, uh, you know, for money. Mm. So, and not despicable things. It could be stuff like grape picking or, you know, the guy at the airport because it's telling the plane to go left and right. And I mean, people are doing this because they can afford to do it because their cost of, you know, the, the cost of their... Well, not the cost, but the the remuneration is high in different countries. Yeah. So sometimes it's better to look. Hmm, what can I do? What can I do outside of South Africa for a little while just to gain some extra experience? Did you ever go Life and experience. work for corporate world? Oh, I tried it. I I went. So the day I left the, the, my last exam at uh, at UCT, I got on a flight that night and I flew to Bali. And on my flight, like literally, I was late. I was the last passenger on the plane. I had an interview with the company in Cape Town. And whilst running with my passport and security to try to get on the flight, I was still doing the interview, telling the guy, like, bear with me, answering his question. Got on the plane. And I said to him, listen, i got to go. But thank you so much for the interview, thinking that was probably the worst interview ever. And they said, listen, we actually loved that. That was so different. A bit crazy, but the coming a month, Come and meet our CEO. Come and meet the, the the team. We would love to offer you a position at this at this uh, company, but you just need to come in and you know do one more one more final interview. And that was my like first and last taste of corporate because <laughs> I decided to never go back to Cape Town. I, I was like, no, sorry, I can't go back into this office that I saw on Skype once. Like for me, this just my gut feeling said, do not go back. You can do that the next year. You can get a job in an office whenever you want. You know, you can start from the bottom in that in any field you want. But again, I was not choosing for me. I was too excited by someone headhunting me or giving me the opportunity that I was like, oh my word, someone's giving me like, you know, a finger or a hand. And I was like, I'm taking it. But then I realized, do I want to work in that industry? Do, yeah. No, I didn't. So I kind of did the, did the other, the, went the other way. It's going to take me longer, but I was like, you know, until I know what I want to do, I'm not going to just put my head down and work for other people anymore. I mean, that's, yeah, that's one thing I've like told myself, never settle. Always ask and uh, do what you really want to do are like my, my three rules at the moment. Well, I think you need to send me those rules so that I can get them tattooed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, me and you both, we can match. Oh, yeah. Well, you said that um, you have to keep going and dreaming about something you want to do. And I guess that we have that in common when it comes to hustling because we really just want to make something out for ourselves. And I think a lot yeah. of us, if I'm not mistaken, we want something to happen we dream about things we have goals but it's actually the confidence or that comfort circle and that space that just stops us from making it happen you know yeah you nailed it by saying that comfort circle because that's that's a good point like that comfort circle you have where you're not really you know not really forced to move and shake i feel like that's an absolute killer it's like a subliminal killer for people with uh, with a lot of good ideas and a lot of oomph and chutzpah but they don't do anything because they're too comfortable. You said chutzpah. I'm, I'm a complete. 
Yeah. You know? Say again? What is that word that you just used? Uh, it's like an old chutzpah just means that that like X factor, that extra, you know, oomph kind okay. of like that 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 passion, that drive. I, I think I could be completely wrong. But that's how I, <laughs> we'll go with that for uh, now. <laughs> yeah, we'll go with that one. Um, take it till you make it. Yeah, chutzpah is just you know that extra that extra factor that makes you go from A to B with all the momentum. Mm. Um, but cool. yeah, I find like even even like you you just said the word like hustling and you know having goals and doing your own thing. I think that so many people, there's two types of people, in my opinion, people that want to work for someone else because it's easier, they're good at you know, following orders, they're book smart, they've been doing it the whole life and they're used to that. And that's just, there's people that have that in their numbers, in their, you know, in their, in the neurology, whereas there's other people that kind of have to do something on their own or they'll feel trapped. Yeah. It's not an ego thing. It's not, it's just a type of personality. You can say an extrovert wants this versus an introvert would be like, cool, I want that, you know? So um, it, it really, every single person is different. That's the amazing thing. And I think there's two little options for so many versatile people. So personally, I'm, I'm someone who just like, everyone's like, what do you want to do with your life? And every time I think about it, I'm just like, whoa, I just, where I'm at sitting right now, I always think of a business opportunity and something that I just want to do on my own, like kind of like an entrepreneurial venture, you know, and I can't, I can't tell you that it's specified in you know say property or you know a different like any specific company i just always mm. want to do something on my own that's my go-to so other people like my my god sister's like oh, i just want to work in finance i'm an actuary i just want to crunch numbers make money and i know i love it and she loves that so i'm like cool well there we different but you know she wants to work for someone else and learn yeah. from a mentor and you know which is which is completely natural but for me i would i'd go crazy in four walls yeah so so we are, yeah. we, yeah, you actually said the right thing there, we, we're just different people and it's not about our egos. If you feel that you're uncomfortable in that space, wherever you're working and you feel like, you know, oh, you just want to work by yourself or whatever it is, you probably have a desire or burning desire to do something that's just holding you back and you need to start like, I don't know, journaling what it is that you're going to achieve or finding out a way to escape or and make it happen, but don't. I, I would never be able to just sit in that position and say, okay, this is my dream. This is what I want to do, but I'm going to work for someone else. You know, that, like that blows my mind. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, unless you know that that mentor or that, that person you're going to work for is like, wow, I've looked up to this person for long. It's actually like my, my, like my dream to work for this person, especially at the bottom, then all good and dandy. But I feel like in South Africa, I haven't personally got a role model that I'd want to work for. I would rather I would rather carry someone's suitcase and be the you know the family inside man like the au pair or the you know the driver or the PA to someone that I look up to than work in his office from the bottom up because it's so like I mean there's just managers and employees and it's just this crazy rat race and for me you don't really learn from that as much as you think uh, anymore. Wow. I mean I'd rather work literally next to someone you know and like be the guy that like picks up his breakfast and drops it off and sees what he says in the middle of the afternoon at lunch or see who he meets and how he, mm. how he acts himself. Like that's the kind of, or he or she, you know, that's yeah. the kind of way I would try to get into, uh, into a mentorship role now. So it's completely whack. I, I don't think it's a normal way to think. No, I've um, never actually met a man that has admitted to something like that before. <laughs> yeah. And it's nothing it's got to do though. with gender, but just based on the generalizing, um, generalizing the conversations that I've had with men. No one's ever said that they will be keen to just, you know, sit in and hear how people do things and follow their lead because I'm actually reading an interesting book called The Richest Man in Babylon. And this man um, talks yeah. about his journeys to becoming the richest man. 
and he said that he followed all of his um, inspirations and his goals and his achievements came from doing exactly that watching the successful people do things and following the lead and making sure that they're in that space so that they can take off and make sure that their future is exactly that so yeah interesting i would love to read that actually it's a beautiful cover i'll send you a picture yeah but you see even even there send me the picture (laughs) um even even there you see like i I thought about it here because when i try to start a business here and someone said, write down the goal. And back in the day, I was always like, you know what? I watched my mom be a businesswoman. I want to be a businessman. And I realized never in my life have I Googled, like, what does a billionaire do? Or what does a CEO do? I was always focusing on the business itself or the competition. Or, But if you break it down to the bottom, exactly what you said, if you follow the people or the, I guess, the, the business model of the exact thing you want to do or, you know, work in, that's how you do it. Everyone's a bit like, looking at the wrong things here like they they, they focus wrong yeah so i think again, also, define what you want to do i think it's also hard josh when when like we said it south africa is so um underpaid i mean a minimum, minimum wage, wage or yeah, like a minimum wage yeah. is really low and people are still living in townships and with their families and a lot of people have to hustle really hard to even just wait and make two jobs happen so that they can um, live alone and how do you even find a mentor yeah. in that space when you yourself said that you haven't even come across a mentor you know so actually finding that space is something that perhaps is a gap so in the market. difficult yeah actually true yeah finding having a like a, it would be a good idea to say okay guys like everyone needs a like no, not a second job just a first part-time student job um and you know kind of filtering out like cool do you want to work in photography do you want to work that's kind of what outpost wanted to do because i mean one of the things we couldn't put in a business model was that me coming from cape town having a mom in media i had so many connections that i could offer other people so when i met when i met my friend who had like he basically was like cool i'm a photographer i had a, a modeling agency you know i had all these uh these little dreams and desires that i actually executed i mean this guy was an executive note um he I said to him, well, I know someone in, in media, like, you know, I might not be able to guarantee you a job, but we can have a meeting, you know, you can be a photographer for Africa is now we can do, we can put you there. So that's like, that was the thing that I had, like I had connections and, you know, networking power over someone else who would never, ever, you know, come to the side of the world and be like, cool, I know all these people in business because he wouldn't like his parents are not in, you know, a, a big company or doesn't work for a, you know, a massive employee or something. They could just be basic, normal people. So if you could find something where, you can kind of like say, actually, this is what I want to do. I want to find a job in that. That would be amazing, especially in Cape Town. So people wouldn't just wait uh, and bartend and, you know, do the basic, uh, uh, you know, part-time jobs. They can start mentoring from a way earlier age, kind of. Mm. Also for people who, who really want to just intern at their dream location or work for someone that is going to pay them next to nothing, that that yeah. gap between making enough money to be able to just follow your dream by just you know working for free is also such That's, a huge yeah. huge challenge I'm sure South Africans go through. But starting a business is um, something that really intrigued me with studying um, entrepreneurship. Is it as easy as you make it out to be? <laughs> True. Um, let me tell you something. The one thing I learned last year was that, and this is the biggest lesson. I mean, I, I think I even wrote in my every single exam was that 
the one thing I found from studying entrepreneurship, especially at UCT, was the importance of knowing how to work in a group, especially a big group. Yeah. Um, it's not it's not it's not a joke when you have eight people with eight strong personalities, no matter how focused on the same goal, to get stuff done, to agree on something, to not argue, to not get personal things get in the way. So for me, the 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 most insane thing was just that how amazing a group works together and how absolutely you know critical it gets when they don't so you can make or break any business if you if you have the wrong group and even just the wrong way of dealing with the group um so we had interesting interesting people come speak to us last year about how to define your personality mm-hmm. and i mean there's so many things on the internet where you can do it you can do the 16 personalities test um this guy was uh, his surname was Oestes and I've actually got his number. I can put it in the bio letter. And he he has a way to say people are either metal people, fire people, water people. And those people have a different place in the startup process. And it was super interesting because our group was one of the few groups that had everyone kind of in their place. We were just at the wrong position, you know. Yeah. We knew we had we had a completely big variety, which is perfect. You need that. Um, but we were just doing things at the wrong time. Like, I'm not supposed to be the ideas guy, but I was shooting the ideas or the other way around, you know. Yeah. So... It's these simple things that like that that we get taught at UCT that is so available for anyone, but it can make the world of a difference for a small business, you know, or just a, a management team that's not functioning. But people, we just don't know about all this information. So, yeah, there's there's a there's a gap in how much free information and useful free information is out there versus all this like other like flatter and stuff on on social media, you know. Yeah. I would I wish there could be like a, a an Instagram page where every day I go on, it's both inspiring, informative. And as, as many of those things there are, you know, there's entrepreneurship pages and there's, you know, quotes and CEOs and all this stuff, but there's not like specifically for each place, you know, country, city, like a, a side we go in and it's like, cool, this is like super useful. This is the opportunities available. This is what this one's doing. Like get in contact. There's a position open here. Like, you know, this interactive kind of like network of, of opportunities going around, which is what I found that there is in the township, which is not on, on, on a website or on yeah. social media. And it's, which which is know, the place where everyone turns to to actually research something because I mean it's in our capacity to do that, but that's actually a very interesting point that you make because supposedly our government's website is that portal for people who are searching online, and I found that when I was living in Australia, that was the first point of reference that everyone made. Look on the website and see what is available and what opportunities can come your way. And if you're from what country, you can do what and what qualifications can get you where and based off what diploma, etc. So yeah, maybe our... our so did, did, did yeah. they have that in ours there? Eh? Yeah, so on, on the Australian government website, you can actually find... Yes, it's one. the homeaffairs.gov.au and it has the skilled occupation list and on that page well on that website like you said you can find everything that the country needs everything that the country is willing to sponsor everything that you know people can use as reference to um, make better decisions or career choices see it's 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 been done that yeah. just I find like in South Africa there's no cohesion. Like there's no one no one's working together to make it like there's no there's still a gap in like the efficiency of, you know, this is what we're lacking, this is what we have, like this demand and like this like I don't know, I don't know how to explain it basically, but like we need I think we need more structure in that sense, especially from from South Africa because 
look, there's so many people say there's a scarcity of jobs, and I get that. There's so many people, but there's a sort of high labor force. Whereas in Australia, the high labor force, they get paid a lot of money. In South yeah. Africa, somehow that just it can't be done. So imagine you could kind of like link internationally and link, uh, you know, what the need is and what the demand is in other countries, like a commodities trader, and let people give them the opportunity to kind of, you know, travel and go and meet their match. But South Africa is still lacking. Like I haven't found a website like that that actually works. Mm. I mean, if you know of one, please let me know. I'll come back home tomorrow. <laughs> and we'll recommend it to people who are in South Africa. But um, we also would recommend to people in South Africa as South Africans ourselves to actually just travel. Like if you're working a waiter job, save that money. Don't don't waste it on yeah. things that aren't going to bring you long term effects. But also the fact that months, yeah. the fact that you the awareness of what traveling can do to your mind and um, your body and your soul and bringing that back into our country can actually make our place, our people see the opportunities they have for themselves, right? We were talking about traveling and what that can do yeah. to you. And, you know, even you, you said it now, like you could just, by traveling, like there's things that you, the questions you weren't even asking that gets answered. So there's the opportunities and just the, you know, by meeting other people and human connection, you realize like you open your brain in the sense of other people are giving you information to say how we do it in either our country or in our job. And like, you know, if, if, if other countries could see exactly what the same business, same, you know, management or whatever is doing somewhere else and how what works for them could be the same thing that should work for you or isn't working, you know? So with traveling for me, I wrote down like eight things where I realized like, okay, cool. I've been super lucky. My friend bought me a ticket overseas. It was supposed to be three weeks before I was supposed to start a job in Cape Town. So I had this like holiday, you know, after, after a long year of UCT, I was like epic, super excited, going to come, uh, go on holiday, come back, and then be the guy that works on the corporate ladder. Super excited. Got overseas, started speaking to everyone, hearing that this one sails around the world. He did a tiny little course that cost him not the biggest amount of money, but again, waited his way to pay for it. He's now traveling the world doing this. Or this one decided to do a dive course and he's now in the most beautiful locations around the world diving. And it's a passion of his now. You know, it never was, but he just was like a side hustle. And now he dives. So there's just all these different things that people are doing that I was like, people are making a living in ways I never could imagine. And I thought I was open-minded, you know. I've traveled uh, from a young age. I've been traveling and I've been meeting, you know, as many people as I thought I could. But now just coming, especially to an island where lots of uh, different people come together it's crazy to see what people are doing for money um, mm. and how they're enjoying their lives as well. No one's sour about it. I mean, the amount of people I have in Cape Town that's not happy being a waiter or not happy working, you know, eight to nine in the evening because they, you know, first year in the finance or financial industry or my sister doing Axi who's just working her ass off in Joburg. It's like, guys, there's other things you can do. You know, you can write, you know, you can just, you can travel and, you can work underneath the travel guide or, you know, you can take your skill as an English speaking person and teach people around the world and make quite a lot of money. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many different things that was never even like an option to me. And now sitting in a different country, I'm like, well, I've got options. You know, I can, can either teach English or I can start my own thing or, you know, I can, I can make a huge scene. You can do both. Yeah. I can, I can, I can write down, I can get sponsors. People also don't realize that, like I said, the, the rules were, you know, never settle and always ask. I've been here, I was supposed to be here for three weeks. I've been here for four months now and I haven't had a job, but I've not hustled my way through, but I've asked for so many things. And like, one thing I was never good at was receiving. Traveling, like, like kind of opened up the, 
the portal for me to allow to receive things. You know, there's people saying, hey, you know, I like your vibe, I like your energy. We're happy to invite you to stay here or come travel with us there. And doing things in a group, first of all, makes things super cost effective. So, I mean, I was a waiter in Cape Town at, at like a very busy place. So I had the, the means to save money, put it away and travel, which is what I did when I started working there. But my next chapter was just to make money and pay my rent and pay my university. There was no, there was no way to just save uh, enough money to kind of plan a trip like this. Hence why I didn't, you know, yeah. I didn't plan it. It just kind of happened. Um, but, and you said it like, guys, save your money. Don't go drink for two days in a row and then spend all your money at a crazy event or sacrifice just a couple, maybe even just three or four months. And you'll be so surprised how far your money can get you mm. after you've, you know, bought your ticket, you can buy a ticket for a plane in the beginning of the year. And then have the year to put some money aside and get into that good habit of saving. But because we live in this beautiful city of Cape Town, we're like, well, I don't need to travel. I've got the beach. I've got the mountain. Yeah. I'm just going to stay in my bubble because I'm so comfortable here. And look, there's not much to complain about. Um, so, I mean, from getting out of that bubble, I realized, oh, my word, I wish I did so many things differently. Yeah. I wish I saved better. I wish I encouraged other people to save with me so we can, you know, do a do an adventure together. I'm, I'm like, you know, so... So yeah, there should be a manual for for millennials. <laughs> I think I think we're busy writing that um, manual, and just yeah. like every generation will be able to tell our stories. But uh, let's the, do it, bro. We can start an online manual manual for millennials. Uh, even <laughs> I like that name, yeah, manual for millennials. I mean, it should be done. <laughs> I need to read it myself because <laughs> sometimes I just wish I had a manual for my own days. You know, I forget the things we we talk about and the own like the own wisdom we like try to share with other people i'm like yeah if only i took a bit of that man i think we we all have these desires to do things but it's just the capacity like we were saying to actually manage all of yeah. this so um hey we'll start one ourselves if people want um advice and to share resources etc they can always come to you or me like i'll share yeah your, your information let's actually let's actually start the manual for millennials and you can put them in different places like cool if you're in australia this is your manual if you're in cape town you need a manual yeah. you know because you've lived in australia living overseas is something that I, I can recommend for everyone but for me it was always impossible i was like i could never ever ever plan living somewhere else because my mindset was i'm south african i've got a dodgy passport mm. and it's difficult it's expensive it's super hard for us to just you know, even just go somewhere for three months and work. Like it's yeah. literally, I realized one thing about traveling, our passport limits us like crazy. It pushes our whole country down. And I'm like, it's actually angered me a lot. Like I'm super, I find people from Sweden and people from Europe and Americans, they have the chance to go to any country in the world and work there for three months and, you know, put themselves in a different culture. And that's mm. getting so many people so far ahead. Like if, if I could like have a life mission, it would be to like kind of, you know, unbuckle our passport because there's so many amazing people with insane, insane life experience and, you know, insane dr drive for work that would be so beneficial in a different country. But because of our, our government, to say the least, and because of our, our status, they're like, sorry, we're not even going to think of you guys, not even going to give you like a chance to get there. We're going to make it expensive, super hard so that only the lucky privileged can, can go do it, you know? Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's it's a torturous. big conversation, and I think, uh, but there are ways, like we said, it. If you, if people have studied certain degrees or whatever, there are many ways that you can actually cheat the system of the South African passport. And um, we've, yeah. like you said, we've met people from other countries. We will be more than willing to share those stories with anyone who may be excited or dreaming about leaving the country. 
Hundred percent. I mean, even even a lot of people that I've met here, being so close to Australia, uh, get a working holiday visa in Oz, but not the way we thought. Like I know that, like, like so I'm just going to use Australia because I know Australia, for example. There, if you have a degree, especially like you know a proper degree from a university, they give you like a point system where they would more likely to accept you in their country. So if you can get through the the, the phases of you know putting the application in and um, telling them exactly where you want to place yourself, what kind of job. There's a way to get the green card to 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 Oz. But I mean, I've been at university who dropped out of university, studied, you know, uh, you know, to do to be a plumber, to be a carpenter, how to like work with electrics. And everyone else is like, what are you doing, dropping out of university for that? Mm. Well, he's in Australia now because they knew that there was a demand for that, and he's got a job overseas. They've extended his visa for a year. He's making a hell of a lot more money than people are making in South Africa per hour, um, especially for an entry-level job. So, you know, there's these ways of like being more curated with your with your choice of study, especially if you have the knowledge to have like a long-term role thinking, okay, cool, I want to study this because I want to go to Australia or because I want to work in a farm in America or, you know, a solar panel in Sweden. So mm-hmm. again, if you have that information before, you can plan it so much better than being done with university, four years of studying and be like, what now, you know? Mm. And I was going to ask you um, the final question of what are your recommendations to go to Bali? But I feel like hearing you talk about your experiences and your visions, etc., is just that. Go and seek a greater purpose in life, honestly. And you can tell me like going to restaurants, etc., but to be so inspired. Yeah, no, 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 no. Like, it's so funny. Like, I, it's just, again, there's so many different types of people. So I, I came here. And I've never really wanted to be a tourist in a place. So I there's like the top 10 things to do in Bali. I can tell you right now, I haven't done one of them. And mm. I've been here for four months. So it is really like, I've written it down now. I just opened it up actually because I always forget the order. But I wrote down like eight things that came to me that I wanted to answer before I decided what I want to do. I'll read them to you. It's going to be, um, it's going to be a smaller. So like one, the first thing that I found is I need to find what gives me emotional ease. You know, something that makes me feel at home in my daily um, that, that isn't like, you know, I don't have guilt or I don't feel like I'm missing out or I have FOMO. Like mm. for me, it was that feeling of emotional ease was one of the first things I needed to like overcome. And if I thought about the office job in Cape Town, although it's a, you know, it's a career path there, security, I get in, uh, insurance, I get the UIF, all that stuff. It didn't give me emotional ease. So, mm. um, the second thing was freedom, like find what's your freedom. And like, for me, freedom comes with discipline. So the utmost freedom is not, not having, you know, someone to tie yourself down to or being able to travel the world or freedom is like if you have a discipline every single day that you have to do or that you want to do and that discipline works out for you that there is an ultimate freedom outside of that you know um and that was such a weird thing to get my head around because i always just wanted to be like on my own mission and you know go crazy and i realized like i'm away now um i don't have my mom and my dad here i don't have my friends holding me back i'm on my own and like i'm still yet to find like what's the ultimate freedom and i didn't have that without uh, my next point, which is a soul purpose. So S O U L purpose, you know, like what do I actually want to do? So I have to like uncover all the, the cobwebs of other people's opinions and, you know, the, the parents views of you and what people say of you. And I have to be like, cool, I need to look inwards and find like, what is it I really want to do? If I could do anything, if I could press a button right now. And that's a super hard question to answer. It's yeah. even to write down to yourself. It took me days and weeks to like, be genuine with myself because every time I do it again, it's something else. So that's something that takes, uh, that takes a lot of like introspective, um, time. And changing. And then like your purpose. Yeah. It's it's always changing. Yeah. Mm. 
but there's there's a core there's a core thing that like so through like networking and you know taking some personal care you know not drinking for a month not smoking anymore and being healthy like there's this like build up i find that helps you get to that point where you can be honest with yourself um another thing i found is protection like it sounds crazy but you know i'm like completely solo alone in a different country and it wasn't planned never never prepped for this never saved for this and there were times where you know someone would say hey you can live with me for a week or you, you can you can you know you can stay in my spare room and there's this like sense of protection that i have gained here but also every every now and then it's lost you know someone moves someone's moving out and there's this like you need to find someone something um a means it could be a second income it could be a plan it could be a meditation but just there's everyone needs that sense of security and protection but it needs to come from yourself you know mm. you can't always rely on other people which I've obviously had to do here um so find like what what your sense of protection is it could literally be your dad you know supporting you on a crazy venture or mm. you know a close friend that has your back or a, an uncle or just you know even just you know you knowing you're coming back it could be a plane ticket back home or something so always protect yourself in that way so that you're not ever feeling too suffocated when you're traveling or you know because that overwhelmingness doesn't get anyone anywhere the last thing i i found was that um besides like material self development like i want to get a diving course now or you know i want to perfect myself in say surfing or something but like something tangible so especially for me it would be like a diving course or like an instructor's course material self development is like something that i never ever uh, put my money on i would always you know rather save for like a trip or you know a holiday but nothing like i have friends that invest all their money into a an open open uh, diving course or you know open water course or something that's like really tangible you can get a certificate for it you can teach people about it um that's there's so many cool things that you can kind of like do courses on that's just really good for someone who doesn't have a hobby that's always been studying to kind of you know put their interest in so yeah. i i've never dived in my life but i'm dying to do something like that now um so just investing in yourself like that is such a such a thing that i i, I never really did before i wouldn't I, the first time in my life i'm buying myself a brand new surfboard custom made is in bali and i was like wow this feels good like i i might not have a lot of money but i've got this thing that's mine now and i use it as much as i can it's you know it's it's improving my surfing it's impro- improving my my hobby so just a little bit of self investment is is good and learning how to receive someone offers you help take it Mm. Don't spite yourself. Don't have that big ego because I've learned how to really say yes and thank you. Yeah. And it's been amazing what what that coupled with the ability to ask, you know, has done. Like often I'm like, oh, I can't send this person a message. I'm too embarrassed to ask. Whereas it takes one second, you can't die from it. And chances are that you're going to get what you asked for. So receiving, good point I made there. So all of them was emotional ease, freedom, networking was another one, personal care, uh, soul purpose. And then that protection, that sense of protection, was number six. Material self development and receiving. Yeah. Those are just eight things that I've like put at the head of my little travel book. Now I haven't even written one one page in it, but it's eight things <laughs> that I just everything kind of came down to to that for me to realize exactly who I want to be, what I want to do, um, and how I want to do it. If if it's even possible to do it in an unknown place, you know, like an island somewhere in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and um, wow, I. I applaud you for even having a book because I struggle to um, keep a track of my books. I've like four journals that I've started, and each one has a purpose. So yay for lists, man! Go for you. Do you? <laughs> yeah, mommy taught me well. She's a list maker. <laughs> Josh, what advice would you give to your younger self if you ever could? 
Sure. Deep and hard question. Yeah, because I after mm. hearing this this list of yours, it really sounds like a lot of us um could have done with these lists, you know, at a younger age. But I think our mindsets are obviously different at that age. I mean, it's quite difficult because I have this really strong belief that like I am where I am because of all the mistakes and wrong mm. turns and right turns I've made in my life. So yeah. For me to try and change the the way I really believe in like the the path of the universe. I don't know if you call that destiny or whatever, but if I could give myself advice, it would be to to just be a bit more informative, like to to take in a bit more useful knowledge. I I wasted a lot of time. I found I was I was unconscious for a lot of my years. I was, you know, from from the typical age of like eighteen to twenty, just going to all the parties and trying to be seen and all that. You know, like kind of meditate from a young age because that strips the ego and i know it sounds crazy but meditation has been the self-care that's like saves my day it's calmed me it's made me walk slower um you can obviously hear i speak super fast now this is me trying to be good you know and from a young age I would, i'd like to say like you know do everything a little bit slower um and and be a bit more grateful i had years where i wasn't grateful for what i had you know things that were blind to me and like now looking back at it especially working for Outpost. And I was like, wow, by my, you know, just me, my like kind of like unconscious self, I realized what other people don't have, what I did have, and I wasted those opportunities. So mm. I think, uh, I think my, my only advice would be to, to really try and like, I mean, it could be for anyone to try and strip that ego of yours. You're not as cool as you think. <laughs> you don't know everything. So read your books but be a bit more informative and like know what's going on around you know what the next person's doing and feeling because mm. that's why I like speak to more people from that's not your immediate link you know and not your immediate circle of friends because that's that's allowed me to connect with people from every other country on a completely different place more than anything is just being open to other people's views opinions cultures um so yeah well i want to Gave do myself. another another podcast on that really and the power of speaking to other people and how that I found is a challenge in Cape Town and in South Africa as well. We don't have the power to just allow conversation to flow with other people. It's like, answer the question, get out of my place. <laughs> yeah, there's always a block. There's always a, like, a, you're like asking a question and then someone hasn't even opened their mouth and people are already like interrupting. I'm like, dude, yeah, listen more. That's, yeah. You've just nailed it. Listen more, really listen. It's such a, it's a crazy talent and skill to listen mm. that's like what I, I, what I as my younger self and my older self i'm going to take that you gave it to me <laughs> i'm going to take that as as my my advice that's why i started relatable content man Sick. if people want to listen to more of what you have to say or what you're up to where can they find you you're nowhere i mean <laughs> i delete instagram and facebook every week just to give myself some time but what i do want to do is uh i've like decided to give myself some challenges here like there's a month I'm still in Indonesia for a couple of months and I know I'm going to stay here. I want to do one month of just living in a hammock and seeing how cheaply you can do Bali because everyone wants to live in a villa and a hotel. So for now, Instagram is the best way to, uh, to kind of find me. I mean, just with my daily, I'm always on a story there posting about every crazy person I meet or see or, um, but, but I think, I think, you know, I've never listened to podcasts in my life and just doing, reading up what you're doing, following you for the past uh, couple of weeks and months. I'm like, wait like there's so many things that i'm listening to or meeting that i could share but i need mm. a platform for it so that's hence why i've got these eight steps in a book and eventually i'd like to just start writing about you know my daily experiences be it in cape town or overseas 
and then giving it some structure. And then I don't know if you call it a blog or if you call it a vlog or what's happening these days. I'm so technologically challenged, but <laughs> there's going to be a place where I also do some relatable content on my own. Yeah. Um, and it could be maybe through, maybe through you. Like, <laughs> honestly, like maybe, maybe every now and then I can just be like, look, yeah, I'm useless at this uh, millennial stuff, this technological boom. I'm not going to swear on you. <laughs> but you just, you just, you just show me a, a platform and a, and a means and we can share it together because. I'm terrible at that. Yeah, well, I'm here for you, man. And I think that's the purpose of being driven in different aspects of our lives, that we can all come together and share our knowledge and resources. So whenever you want, and if anyone is any always interested in listening to our stories, I'll be keen to do that. We've just come up with two ideas yeah, in one podcast. <laughs> I like it. Yeah, I like what we're doing here. You see, a little bit of collaboration, a little bit of listening and speaking, so much can happen. And it's effortless. I mean, this is like one of the nicest, most like, flowing conversations ever and it brings me such a sense of ecstasy to have a good conversation like you don't realize like it's actually so rewarding to have a decent conversation with someone you've never met or you haven't met before i mean how's our relationship i met you last year we've seen each other once when you ran past a restaurant i worked at but we've kept in contact we've always chatted we've tried to do this a million times but you see like it came together so mm. i'm so happy we did this finally yeah me too if people want me to come meet them at the restaurant i will <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> food would be nice if they can make me a little takeaway that's better yeah <laughs> i'll do that for sure I'll, uh, I'll start compensating but um thanks for joining the podcast josh awesome yeah thank you for having me and thank you for doing what you do i think it's insane and i can't wait to see this grow it's gonna be mental hello if you've just joined us um, right at the end for the little emoji, now is the perfect time because I would love to hear what your traveling goals are. Um, I guess once this pandemic has slowed down, Josh and I recorded this episode just a, f- a month ago before the whole craze went on. But for the sake of this episode, head over to RC the podcast and comment your favorite traveling emoji with a little story or a little goal of yours. Let us know what your dreams are once this all slows down and what your challenges are as a millennial. Um, Even if you're not a millennial and you had dreams that you were able to achieve, let us hear your tips. I think we can all share, especially now in a time where we can focus on what to go and do going forward. Um, and most importantly you can give Josh a follow at Josh Herselman on Instagram or me RC the podcast and share this episode with people let us know let them know Um, let South Africans know like maybe we're so privileged that we don't even know (laughs) Um, either way I'm so glad that you joined us today and uh, don't forget to let us know with that little emoji okay sending all my love from me to you